the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind is the questions that we kind of like to start with to get out there. Um, what are you thinking about? What do you think is going to happen on the Wall Street today? One of the things that this show is really, really dedicated to is getting you to retirement and trying to get you in front of hurting yourself, trying to get you in front of mistakes that people make. So let's start by talking about the economy and business. Then we start getting a little bit looser and goosier as the day goes on. But we don't do it out of the gate because we kind of want to tip our hat. We kind of want to look at what's positive out there. We want to see. We want to get the numbers. We want to build the picture. Start with the numbers on Wall Street this morning. Dow's down 23 down one-fifth of 1%, sitting at 12,813. The Nasdaq's down 2, sitting at 29,27. And the SP 500 down 2, sitting at 13,55. Oil's fractionally lower. Now, oil can be looked at an indicator that's, if it's moving higher, it, maybe it's indicating that the economy is moving higher. Now, it doesn't always mean that. But that's where you start. A couple things that we uh, are looking at as far as big, big, big stories of the day. It's going to be the Federal Reserve. There's no doubt about that. There's no getting around it. There's no shortcuts. The Federal Reserve is going to make a policy statement announcement right around 12.30 Eastern Time today. That's 9.30 to you and I. That'll be followed by Fed Economic Forecast at 2. And again, uh, that's Eastern Time. So roll that back to about 11 our time. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke press conference at 11.15. Now, that's going to drive market action today. There will be some speculation beforehand. Then we'll get some resolve and uh, start digesting what we see. Wall Street likes liquidity events. Widespread expectation the Fed will continue Operation Twist, which is a liquidity event. That involves extending the maturity of the Fed's bond portfolio. They buy longer-dated issues in place of shorter-term ones. It's not a big deal to you or I. It's hard to see how... Attempting to drive the government 10-year note yield lower than 165% is not going to make much of a difference. It's not like the Federal Reserve is calling people up and saying, look, we've lowered the – Ben Bernanke's calls you up. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, American. I'd like to tell you about what we've done at the Federal Reserve. We've lowered the borrowing costs so to the point that you should go out and refinance your mortgage. But they're keeping rates really low, and that does benefit there's some hopes, but presumably little expectation that the Fed will announce another round of large open market purchases of bonds, quantitative easing. At least that's what some people want. I don't think that's going to happen. So as a contrarian, as, as a long-term investor, I don't know what we're going to get as far as reaction today. I don't know. And that's kind of weird, right? Shouldn't I be knowing that? Will Wall Street be disappointed? You know, back to Europe, Spanish bonds are below 7% again. The government had to pay over 5% to sell one-year paper. That's not good. That should be of greater concern than the 10-year yield as it signals near-term market anxiety. 
there's some sort of report that the Greek Socialist Party is a deal in place with a coalition government, and that's got Wall Street a little bit on the juiced, happy side. I'm not feeling juiced. I'm not feeling happy. As far as corporate news out there today, Adobe Systems cut its full-year revenue outlook, suggesting that weak demand in Europe could affect sales of recently launched versions of its popular design software. Procter & Gamble in the news this morning. Hold on, i got to resize the window. There we go. Uh, they forecast that annual earnings for its coming fiscal year would be either flat or up by mid-single digits. Procter & Gamble's really struggled against Unilever and Colgate-Palmolive. Colgate-Palmolive seems to be the product innovator. Procter & Gamble seems to sell a lot of their same old stuff that they've been selling for years, and it's just not growing fast enough. There's a reduced forecast illustrating the difficulties faced by consumer product companies in both Europe and North America because of the weak jobs numbers. Jable circuits in the news this morning. They forecast fourth quarter earnings results below expectations, blaming stagnating sales, but the electronic maker shares rose on expectations that it retained a key mobile phone customer. Elsewhere, a Manhattan federal judge has decided against J.P. Morgan Chase in a lawsuit over losses on securities backed by risky home equity loans. So Fed policy announcement, forecast, and press conference looming. Dollars trading flat, gold prices drop markedly. Procter & Gamble in the news. That's really what we have as far as corporate news of the day. You know, after that, we could certainly get into a little bit more data you know, a little sad news. After 32 years of drawing a comic strip, Simpsons creator Matt Groening quietly pulling the plug last week on his Life in Hell comic strip. I studied, I, I watched a little bit of uh, his story. And this Life in Hell comic strip once was in like 400, almost 400 newspapers, 379. Now it's in 38. And he gets about 38 bucks a week. He gets 18 bucks a week for the strip. So do 38. Hell, let's give him 40 times 18. And you're like, why is this even a story? Like, why was this around for so long? This is a guy who created The Simpsons and Futurama, and he certainly should be projecting his time elsewhere. Anyway, just throwing it out there. Futurama returns tonight. For 13 episodes on Comedy Central. Kind of interesting. Not wildly interesting, but kind of interesting. Go with me on that, would you? So will the market get what we want today from the Fed? I don't have an answer for you on that. I assume so. JP Morgan is releasing information that they've unwound 70% of that bad trade so far. Other stories of note today, as far as big headlines go. Obama's leading the polls. Romney's seen out of touch with the average American. Obama leads Romney 53% to 40% amongst likely voters, even as the public gives him low marks on handling the economy and the deficit. And six and ten say the nation's headed down the wrong track. We're not going to know our president for, good golly, about another four months, five months. And people are still pretty excitable when they're near Barack Obama. There's some breaking news about Barack Obama asserting executive privilege over Justice Department documents. Hmm. The iPad boom. The iPad boom is straining lithium supplies. And uh, the price for lithium is tripled. Now, you may go, but I don't own any lithium. Apple and Toyota. Toyota is the Prius. So lithium is, is in high demand, and demand's going to double by 2020. There's a publicly traded company called Talison Lithium. FMC. Rio Tinto. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this Saturday in Dublin, California. One for Money 101, all things financial in the morning. Teach you how to create wealth. Even in down markets like this, I'm going to go over my portfolio. In the afternoon, it's for Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, run by CFP Chad Burton. 
You can sign up for either event this Saturday, this Saturday at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? What are you thinking about? Let's talk about it. Let's figure out if you have any questions. Drop me an email at Rob Black, which is for Twitter. Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show is Twitter. Rob Black Show. So tweet me. And or, if you don't want to tweet me, consider dropping me an email. Rob at RobBlack.com. It's Rob at RobBlack.com. I got a tweet yesterday from a guy who's just hes kind of annoying in a good way. He's... Thinks he goes. Will the Fed introduce more stimulus tomorrow or not? I say we're all in for a letdown. He's who cares? If you're between the age of twenty and sixty, that's your time to earn money, save money, and invest. And you react to what the Fed does, and you change your your investment policy ever so slightly. I'm not going to change anything today from what from yesterday. I'm still favoring large cap dividend stocks. I'm still favoring small cap stocks. Europe, time not touching. I might touch it a little bit, but not very much. You get the idea. I think Asia is still a great long-term story. Who cares what the Fed does today? What I care about is capitalism. Does it work over time? What I care about are improving economies where poor people become middle-class people, i.e. Asia. Things to think about. Things that make you go, hmm. We got the Dow up less than a point. The S&P 500 down less than a point, And the NASDAQ up two points. Joining you now, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing, and there's insurance, and there's budgeting. Mortgages, 30-year uh, versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And then especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area, yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so... And that's better than or a tax bill. If you know, right now, if uh, if you walk away, short sell a home on your primary mortgage, it's, it's not going to be taxable. In the past, it has been. So, something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage, and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's it's death. It's not a positive word. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic word because where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is crap that readjusts for inflation. Like $100,000 in cost will be 200000 because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, 3000 a month, 4000 a month, it's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product, but it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have, you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But again, that's, that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients – the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over 150, 180,000, 
But if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore because right. the, the mortgage interest deduction is so small. It's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So, you know, if, if people right now, your mortgage is only around $200,000, by all means, get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the 70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value. It's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind once you once you grasp that concept. Yeah, it's not the – I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home. And so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues, interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it, well, location can come into play a little bit too, but if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years. Like uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book. You know, the, the coupons, the payments they sent in, they'd have a mortgage burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning, and some people look at it, I want to maximize every dollar, and that's my number one goal. There's other people that look at it and say, this is, what I want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life. So some people could say, I want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement. It might not be the best use of each dollar, but it makes them feel comfortable. And there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal. And, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely. And again, I, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%. And if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment. And everyone else should, should, should let it go. Just pay it on time is the is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget you can sign up for that big event where you can meet CFP Chad Burton doing the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar. Um, this weekend in Diablo, uh, in Ireland. In Ireland. No, no, it's in Dublin, Dublin, California. So meet us in Dublin, California. I'm going to be doing the Wealth Preservation Money 101 in the morning. Chad's going to be doing the uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in the afternoon. So if you're 20 or 30, you're probably more geared towards the morning segment. If you're 40 or 50, 60, you're probably geared more towards the afternoon version of it. Again, that's Dublin, California, the holiday inn. There's more information at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Let's go to break. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You can find me online at robblack.com, at Twitter, Rob Black Show, at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Drop me an email, Rob, at robblack.com. Don't forget, sign up now for the event this weekend. It's in Dublin, California, 9 to noon, Money 101, all things financial. That's for 20-somethings and 30-somethings who are learning about money, who aren't very good at it. And for 40-somethings, 50-somethings, 60-somethings who have a sizable portfolio, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 800, million, 2 million under management, um, that's for you. It's, 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 you know, don't make mistakes heading to retirement and in retirement, don't make mistakes. You can sign up for either event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to wall street business network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. I love you. I really do. 
Um, my audience keeps me motivated. I want to get you to retirement. I want you to stop making mistakes. If you're the average family who's not saving enough money, I want you to save more money. I want you to look at your budget. I want you to look at money and investing as fun. I want you to look at it as a game to play to win. It's a lot like poker. There's an art to it as well as a science to it. And there are some luck of the draw of cards. You know, getting involved in the stock market in the 90s was great. As long as you start learning, this is going to end very, very badly if everyone keeps making money. You have no alternative. You must, you must, you must save for retirement. Our government has already started talking about moving up the, well, the retirement age is slowly but surely already moving up. Every year, another two months being added to it. That's going to have to continue. So you're going to have to work longer and longer. When you were born, they lied to you. They said you work to age 56, that's enough. Now they're slowly, slowly, slowly but surely raising that retirement age. And it sucks. That's not right. It's not fair. I want my Social Security back because I was promised one thing. And I'm now being told another. In the world of business, if that were to happen, the federal government would be sued. I don't think we're going to sue the federal government. A um, couple other things that we need to think about. Sanctions on China for Iranian oil buys, very unlikely. Analysts say the Obama administration will likely grant China the world's largest buy of Iranian oil a waiver rather than risk a trade war. I wish our president had some cojones. It's the reason we went to war with Iraq. The only reason we went to war with Iraq was because there were some UN weapons inspectors. I don't know if you remember his name, Hans Beeks, who Saddam Hussein kicked out of his country numerous times and said, you can't look at my country for nuclear weapons. Ultimately, Saddam Hussein didn't have those nuclear weapons. He should have let them stay there. It's a shame that he and his regime had to go because he was at least a controllable dictator. But because he kicked weapons inspectors out, which was brought on by the United Nations, not by Bush or not by anyone else, but because he failed to comply with U.N. regulations and U.N. You know, uh, mandates because uh, he invaded Kuwait. He was a bad boy. He got what he deserved. He got a good slap on the wrist. We didn't have to go to war. So had he complied, no one would let America go after him. He didn't comply. George Bush Jr. stood up for George Bush Sr. But yeah, we can't let China you know, fund rogue nations. We have to be a world that's harmonious, more like the G20 versus Iran, who's got, you know, ambitions of, of leading the Middle East. With that said, that's more of an international UN G20 kind of problem. But uh, Obama's showing that, you know, he's picking his fights as carefully as he can, and he's not, he's not going to rock the boat with China at this point in time. A couple other things to take a look at this morning as far as big business stories go. We're waiting on the Federal Reserve. And unless there's a communique that's slipped out early, we're not going to know during my show today. Tonight I'll be on Channel 4 Cron at 545 and we'll talk about it then. But the Fed Open Market Committee policy announcement forecast press conference are looming. The dollar's trading flat. Gold is dropping pretty considerably. Treasuries have been ticking lower for the past couple hours. That has lifted the yield on the 10-year Treasury to 1.65%, back towards its 10-day high. So on a barometer of fear and greed and risk, we're a little on the anxious side right now. But it's becoming a little less anxious as Greece and Spain are working through their problems. Now, again, they're not going to resolve them in a positive way. That's not going to happen. I know it and you know it. Some odd business stories of the day. Gasoline prices have dropped for 10 straight weeks. Lowest level since January. The average price of a gallon of gas is 3.58. That's down four cents in a week from 3.76. Prices peaked in April, just shy of four bucks. But wait, wait, wait! In California, we're over four bucks. How is that possible? Well, we in California, we don't like to have a lot of how shall we say refineries. We don't like to have a lot of pipelines. Animals might get murderated. We're not very cool with it. We don't want the pollution. But we want to drive. Damn right we want to drive. We want to go to Yosemite. We want to go to Big Bear. Big Sur. Big Sur. I'm not sure where Big Bear is. I think he's in the Castro. We want to drive. We don't want to give up driving. 
in any way, shape, or form. We're, we're not going to do it. But yet, we don't want the refiners and we don't want the pipelines. We also have higher taxes on gasoline than other states. We also um, have no problem with you know countries like Aruba. Hey, Aruba, you want to do an oil refinery? Bring the gasoline all the way around after that. So we got some issues. Someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, what, what would I do to change our deficit? I'd cut our federal government by, 20, by, by 50%. It should be no more than 20% of our GDP. Period. It's up to 40%. It's grown from 25% to 40% in the last 20 years. I would freeze hiring at all departments. What else would I do? I'd come up with one national recipe for gasoline. The fact that refiners have to make a special gasoline blend for Arizona. The fact that refineries have to make an extra refinery gasoline for Virginia, for California. It, that's just politicians being politicians. It's stupid. I would, I would push more refineries into the United States at places where the oil comes into the country or at places where we get the oil. So that's where I'd start. I would freeze the, the, the federal government and let the states govern the people. I know you're saying, like, for instance, welfare for a 20-year-old in California is a lot different than welfare for a 40-year-old in Maryland. And yet we set our welfare policy on a national level. doesn't make sense. So gasoline prices uh, continue to drop $4 a gallon in California. Most expensive gasoline in the nation. Craigslist kills Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons. It's killing his life in hell. 32 years he's been creating a comic strip called Life in Hell. It's a syndicated comic strip. But he's the creator of Simpsons Futurama. Life in Hell is an urban tale of a bunny named Binky and his girlfriend named Sheba. It's about, I think it's kind of about like going from the country of Oregon, the country lifestyle of Oregon to the L.A. money and greed and fame lifestyle. Newspapers have been dying for years due to the Internet. But more importantly, Matt Groening was only getting paid. Is it Groening, Graining? Groening, Graining? Graining. Graining's been paid just 18 bucks a week for the strip. He lost money for the last 10 years. At its height, Life in Hell was distributed to 379 newspapers. Now it's just down to 38. So if you do the math, and let's just call it 40, and you, you bump the strip from 18 bucks a week to 20 bucks a week, that's not a lot of money for a guy who's one of the wealthiest people in America. It was the alternative papers that this thrived in, but the alternative papers lost classified ads that went to Craigslist. So Craigslist killed Binky the Bunny. It's also great going back to his second animated series, Futurama, for returns, which returns tonight for another season on Comedy Central. Disney's Pixar is in the news today. And did you get the, you got the investment lesson that I taught about that, right? Like the gasoline story means you and I as Americans have more money because we're not changing our, our driving patterns. The life in hell, you know, comic strips, there's no money in and that, you know, 20 years ago, you could make money in it. It could be a great way to brand you. But Craigslist destroyed that. Newspaper has been destroyed. You know, the Internet has, you know, digitally distributed information is destroyed traditional industries. And it will destroy them all. I don't think enough Americans feel comfortable paying for content that used to be free. So it's going to have to be ad supported. And ad support, it's not terribly working well right now. You know, the music industry, do you know how much money used to be in the music industry compared to now? Some people say it's helped the artist because they can distribute, you know, cheaply and, and effectively. They could use Pro Tools on Mac to, you know, digitally master an album. But they're also not getting the promotion that big media companies used to give them. So Disney's Pixar's Brave hits theaters this weekend. The film's getting really good reviews. Looking at the future, though, this morning we got the first look at Monster University, which is a prequel to Monsters. This is only the third Pixar film to get a second film. The first was Toy Story, which earned $2 billion globally. $1 billion of it from Toy Story 3. 
with Cars 2 last summer, Cars became the second film to get a franchise. Now Monsters, Inc. So DreamWorks Animation is the number one movie right now in Madagascar 3. Mad- DreamWorks goes more for the sequels. Disney likes developing new content. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this weekend in Dublin, California. Going to teach you how to make money in the mornings from 9 to noon, 9 to noon in the mornings. And uh, that's called Money 101. That's for really 20-somethings, 30-somethings. And people that really have never saved a dime in their life who are just financially ignorant. Um, in the afternoon, it's going to be more geared towards financial planning, wealth preservation, retirement issues. So 1 to 4, that's in the afternoon. CFP Chad Burton will run that. I run the morning one. Sign up at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. I always try to have a little bit of fun when I put together this show for you. In large part, it, it is a show, and there's a little bit of show business to it. Um, but I also try to educate you in each and every thing that I put in front of you. I'm not trying to, you know, take advantage of you. Dow's down 11, the NASDAQ's down 2, the SP 500 down 2. Burger King shares are returning to public trade, and I did a little piece yesterday for the newsletter that I sent out. The newsletter, uh, you have to sign up at the visitor website, or you can see it at any of my other locations. But if you go to robblack.com and click visitor sign up, I'll send it out to you. Typically, I do these every four to six weeks. I'll do another one later this week, probably. Um, I enjoy doing them. But I put together a piece yesterday that talked a little bit about the healthier trend in America where fast casual is picking up. Subway kind of opened the door with, you know, it, it was better quality than McDonald's. You can still get it kind of fast. You can take it with you. You can eat there. But that opened the door for Panera Bread, which took the Subway concept to another level. And Chipotle Mexican Grill, it took, you know, Taco Bell to the next level. Those are both great long-term investments if you're a patient investor. Knowing right now that healthy food is considered more expensive than fast food. And in a tough economy, fast food seems to be the right place. Burger King's coming public again today. It went private a couple years ago. It's the second largest hamburger chain. I don't know. You know, the Whopper, how healthy is it for you? There's a, there's a trend for health in the United States. The soda taxes, things along those lines that we're starting to see. Talked about not as if we're crazy. So Burger King come in public, you know, makes you think of McDonald's. It makes you think of Yum Brands. I don't know if you had noticed this, but basketball this year kind of downplayed McDonald's. Yum Brands kind of got the, the king because they're in Taco Bell and KFC restaurants. So... Taco Bell and KFC is all about China. That's where their growth is. So there's about 14 major sponsors in the NBA, and King James is on the verge of winning his first title. And that's going to be very, very strong for Yum Brands because China's got 52 million fans in China. It's the number one most popular U.S. sport there. Now, in the United States, there's no doubt about it, the NFL is the most popular sport. You know, Coca-Cola's out there. You know, McDonald's versus, you know, Chipotle Mexican Grill, Jack in the Box. It's, it, there's a battle in fast food. You know, there are some losers for sure. The NBA... Uh, not doing terribly crazy well. One of their big sponsors, Sears Satellite Radio. Pretty volatile. Live Nation, the biggest concert promoter. It's interesting. The sponsors that sign with the NBA, such as networking company 
Cisco and wireless communication companies, Sprint, Nextel, they try to reach different audiences in different ways. But, yeah, it's looking like Miami's going to wrap it up. And uh, that's worthy of note. Burger King's getting ready to open a 1,000 stores in China. That's one of those stories behind the story. Um, let's take a quick look at how the market's doing. We've got the Fed policy meeting coming up this morning that we're going to be it's going to change the direction of the market. Do they see the economy slowing to the point that they do something about it? Or do they just back off? What do they do? Curious minds want to know. Dollars trading flat. Gold is down significantly today. The iPad and Prius electronic, electric cars are pushing demand for lithium. I gave some lithium investments earlier today. Demand's expected to double by 2020. Am I telling you to go out and buy it? No way. Egyptian bloggers are responding to reports of Hosni Mubarak's death with skepticism and mockery. The Arab Spring, how much did it change over time? Generation Z, the next generation of young adults. College is going to be more expensive for them. Saving money is going to be important. The job market's not very promising. This is people roughly ages 13 to 22. They show a high understanding of the financial and economic truths. Both Generation Z and their parents listed jobs and unemployment first when asked to identify their biggest concern about the economy. When asked specific topics, Generation Z said they're concerned about affording college and having student loans. Their top concern was having their identity stolen. Two-thirds of college seniors in 2010, the most recent year for data, graduated with student loan debt. Most concerning survey results were credit card habits. Generation Z kids are good savers, but more than half of them have a savings account. In 76, it's, it's important to save money at the stage of the career. A little more than a quarter of them, though, indicated having credit card debt. More than half of them carry a balance of their card for at least six months. So I like looking out and seeing what's out there as far as future opportunities and future ideas go. What else do we really, really need to talk about today? I don't think there's anything super pressing. I don't think anything's like upsetting. I don't see any horrific news. Procter & Gamble had a bad quarter, but they've had a bad five years. They really haven't innovated as fast as Colgate Palmolive. They really haven't done as well internationally as Unilever. They're being hurt by their consumer aggressively. Consumers who've lost jobs. Ah, the things that make us go, ah. Don't forget, I want to see you this weekend in Dublin, California. Doing a couple events. There's a lot of information about them at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. First couple of people that drop me an email, I'll give you two tickets to either event. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. One is Money 101 in the morning, and one is Wealth Preservation in the afternoon. Find out more at robblack.com. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking about the stock market, talking about what's working on Wall Street and why on a day-by-day basis. Um... There's so many good stories out there today. Some of them are kind of goofy, and some of them are kind of serious. So let's start with, you know, first and foremost, saying, you know, the big stories on Wall Street today, Fed Open Market Committee Policy Announcement, forecast and press conference loom later in the day. Really, we're going to start hearing more in about an hour. And it'll be information that comes out over two hours. The dollar trades flat today. Gold prices dropping. Strength in semiconductors, education services, financial companies, coal, oil and gas, steel, and automakers. Weakness seen in household products, home furnishings, healthcare technology, application software, agricultural products, drug retail. Greece is working towards a coalition today. Greek political leaders struck an agreement on a governing coalition that's going to seek relief from austerity measures tied towards emergency loans. Federal Reserve. Will they or won't they extend Operation Twist or come up with something more intriguing? Wall Street will react to that. Adobe Systems out of San Jose, they cut their full-year revenue outlook, suggesting that weak demand in Europe 
could affect sales of recently launched versions of its popular design software. The day before when Oracle announced, they didn't really see a lot of weakness in Europe. So it differs like golden clay. Procter & Gamble, big international company, they see weakness in Europe and North America tied towards the consumer. Now, Procter & Gamble's been sucking it up compared to uh, colgate Palmolive and compared to Unilever, all in very similar businesses. So they've been like the third toothless sister who's got a prettier sister and the prettiest sister. But they've announced mid-single-digit percentage amount of growth. Reduced forecast illustrates the difficulties they're having with people being unemployed. Let's take a look at the market numbers. Not much going on. We're in that wait-and-see mode with the Federal Reserve. Dow's down 15, down one-tenth of 1%, sitting at 12,821. The Nasdaq's down 2, sitting at 29.27, down less than one-tenth of a percent. And the S&P 500's down 2, sitting at 13.55. Oil sits down a buck, sitting at 83.27. 10-year Treasury's moving slightly lower at 1.66%. Gold's down 20 bucks, sitting at 16.02 an ounce. Major equity markets are in a trading range this morning. Commodities are experiencing more action. There's some selling interest as we have now more supply of oil in the United States than we've ever had. Commodities are uh, struggling. So they see you know, less demand worldwide. J.P. Morgan Chase has exited some 65 to 70% of their trading position. They got them into trouble and got Jamie Dimon to go to Capitol Hill. The NBA Finals are starting to wrap up with King James, a big winner this year, on the verge of winning his first NBA association, NBA, National Basketball Association. So it's not NBA association, but the NBA championship. But sponsors are already claiming victory. In large part, NBA sponsors tend to have a lot of exposure or want a lot of exposure to China. China's got 52 million followers of the NBA, much greater than National Football League. Now, if you're a domestic investor, you like the NFL sponsors. If you're international, you see what Yum Brands is trying to do. China's 44% of Yum Brands' revenue. Think Pizza Hut, think Taco Bell, think... um, Just think, yeah... I think that's probably all you need to really think when you think Yum Brands. Um, other NBA sponsors who are obviously benefiting from international exposure, Anheuser-Busch, Coca-Cola. Some not so much like Sirius XM Radio Live Nation, Cisco, and Sprint Nextel. McDonald's was shut out of the fast food advertising with the NBA, but they did get King James to be their sponsor. So there's stories like that today. Where they're okay stories, right? They're not horrific. Stocks are swinging between gains and losses. One of the interesting notes is people are starting to review that touch, the tablet for Microsoft, and they were very guarded about letting people get close to the Surface tablet. It's probably not ready for prime time is what that means. You know, a lot of analysts love the fact that they've got a keyboard as a way that it could you know, catch on against the iPad. It could, you know, catch on against the iPad. But hands-off tablet events tend to tell you that, you know, it's a controlled environment, that it's buggy and laggy. So people are a little freaked out on it. And rightfully so. Um, Other big stories of note out there today. Generation Z not really comfortable with where they are. Generation Z graduating high school and college into a very, very weak jobs market. We got Burger King publicly traded again. The world's second biggest hamburger chain known for their Whoppers. They're trying to get a little bit healthier. I like McDonald's much more than I like Burger King, but Burger King's opening 1,000 restaurants in China over the next five to seven years. That could provide them some revenue. 
Burger King earlier this year announced plans to open up locations in Russia. Last year, they announced plans to open up locations in Brazil. I don't know. I prefer Chipotle Mexican Grill, Panera, Starbucks, or McDonald's as my consumer yum-yum food play. Disney is releasing a big film this weekend. Pixar Brave hits theaters. It's getting really good reviews. So out there right now, the number one movie in America is DreamWorks Madagascar 3. Don't ask. I don't know. In polls, we're learning that Americans say they're better off under Obama than Romney. And as an investor, it's interesting to note that 50% of Americans say they're worse off since Obama took office. 50% say they're better off since Obama took office. 45% say they're better off, better off in the current survey. So people are just, they're not feeling good with Romney, is what it comes down to. Home prices, you know, are the declines stopping? That's what a lot of people are paying attention to. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. You can tweet Rob Black Show. I do seminars in locations like Seattle and the Bay Area. This weekend in the Bay Area, on Saturday, I will be in Dublin, California. I'll be teaching a Money 101 event from 9 to noon. That's all things financial, 20-somethings and 30-somethings. And then the afternoon is really geared for 40-something, 50-something, 60-somethings in retirement planning and wealth preservation. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. You can follow me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can see my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. And my YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Recently put a copy up of a newsletter that I do that's free. You can get it at uh, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Or if you follow me on Twitter, at Rob Black Show. Follow me at Twitter, at Rob Black Show. So you decide. With that said, let's take a quick look at the market numbers. The Dow is down 9, the SP 500 down 2, and the NASDAQ up fractions. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk all things financial. One of the things I want to talk about is a vacation home. I think it's an ideal that I personally want to have, a vacation home in Tahoe. But before I get there, I, I, I forget, I'm going to have to put a TV in it. Am I going to put renters in it? Will the renters take good care of it so that when I go, it's still in good shape? What do you think about some uh, vacation home ideas? I think now's a good time to look at doing it. Okay. I mean, you've got a big drop in real estate prices. So the people that are typically doing it are those that are a little bit wealthier, probably on track for retirement, you hope. Um you really got to determine how much you're going to use it. So I find a lot of people go buy a vacation home and they haven't been really vacationing that much. Right. So they buy it and they're not using it that much. Um, and we could kind of fall in love when we go to Costa Rica and we go, oh, this is beautiful. And, yeah. you know, the people at the cabbies are pushing vacation homes there and you're in love and you're romantic and you make a bad decision because Costa Rica sucks. <laughs> um, and it takes you a couple minutes outside that country to realize it sucks. But when you're there, you're in the moment. Yeah, and you get you know, buying in the moment's always bad. That's when people, most people buy timeshares, right? When yep. It's in the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. You get free tequila. <laughs> that's kind of where I was going at with that. And sitting through those timeshares, I hear people go, yeah, I do two or three of those free vacations a year, and you have to sit through timeshares, a uh, timeshare pitch, and, you know, just don't bring your checkbook. I'd rather die than sit through a pitch like that. Yeah, you know, and then people that look at buying vacation homes in Tahoe and stuff like that, a lot of them are Bay Area people, and they've got large mortgages already. Right, and if you buy a second home, there's a limit, you know, right around 1.1 million of how much mortgage debt you can have to be able to write it off. Um, now you could get a second home and use it as a rental property and write it off as a Schedule C or on your Schedule E rather, um, and you know, if it creates a loss 
potentially write that off. But most people in the Bay Area that can afford a uh, vacation home are making over $150,000 a year, right? Right. Which, at that point, you start losing the ability to take losses right. uh, from your Schedule E. It gets suspended until you sell a property. So a lot of people get into the idea of a second home thinking, I'm going to rent it out, I'm going to create some income, and I'll have a tax deduction. Sure. And it might not be. So before you do it, make sure it fits in your overall financial plan because it's, it's it might not be the best use of money. But also run it through um, – projections, right? Go say, pretend that you are going to have the parental property for a full year. Look at the last year's tax return and tell your CPA to run it as if you had the property and you can see what the overall effect is on your tax brackets. I'm sure CPAs love doing made up scenarios. Hey, if you have a CPA that doesn't love doing that, then get a new one. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's really important to to have because most CPAs end up with too many clients and, and they're too busy to run the what if scenarios, but it's so important, especially if Real estate issues, stock options, estate planning issues to have a CPA that's more than willing to meet with you and charge you you know, a couple hundred bucks an hour to do those, those mock uh, returns. Another scenario that we should talk about when buying a vacation home that you may rent, you may not, you know, may retire in is a lot of times things change. Like, for instance, I'd love a Tahoe vacation home to retire into, but I'm imagining that I'll be able to shovel snow in 20, 30 years, and I may not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, be careful what you, your lifestyle may change. Uh, you may no longer like living in the desert or a vacation in the desert. Uh, when you're old, you're, you know, you can cook in that kind of stuff and, and be left to die and vultures will circle around you and eat your eyeballs out. So <laughs> you may not really like that home 10, 20 years from now. That's yep. what I'm getting at. Yeah. So d- definitely until you've traveled many places, don't buy, don't buy that vacation home. Um, home away but, from home. You know, I know a lot of people that still ski in their 70s and 80s that are really, really you happy. You do not. I do. You do not. I have several clients. I mean, being in, from, you know, having clients across California all the way up to the Northwest, um, some clients, you know, spend the spring and summer in the Northwest, and then they'll go to Colorado for six months a year. Yeah. So. Different conversation for a different day. You're listening to me, Rob Black, and that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So don't forget, there's all ways that you could invest, and the best thing you could do is learn that works for you. Don't try to be me. I'm just an idea generator. I'm a guy who tells you, hey, today's all going to be about the Fed. I'll give you my years of experience, my mistakes that I've made along the way. I'll give you everything that I can to prepare you to be a better investor, but with that said, you still got to figure this is about you and not about me. Uh, for instance, World of Warcraft, they've got a new expansion coming in that's going to help their subscribers. They're publicly traded company Activision Blizzard, ticker symbol ATVI. Call of Duty Black Ops 2, it's going to be selling during the holiday season. Not right now, but in the holiday season. And it's got a large fan base, some new weapons, it's got a new game mode. That's probably going to be pretty big. Diablo 3, uh, sales of Diablo 3 are doing better than expected. Things you need to look at. At E3, which recently happened, um, at E3, which recently happened, one of the things that I could throw out there for you is that Activision Blizzard came out and said, you know, pretty good things about their earnings and their expectations going forward. Doesn't mean that they're going to rock the boat, uh, hit a home run, because they're not. And there's certain parts of that video game industry which is dying, like the bricks and mortar. Whereas digital downloads are the way to go at this point in time. That means more money for the developers and the studios that you know, fund it. FOMC meeting policy later this morning. We're going to get their announcement. What are they doing? We're going to get their forecast what they expect to do in the future. And then we'll get a little bit of a press conference action. Um, a lot of people think the market would be upset if we don't get what we want. We're up for the year. I don't care what happens. All I care about is corporate profits over the long term. And that's what you should try to care about. I'm not telling you. You know, you become the investor that you want to be. If you've got gut instincts and you're good at it, I'll hire you for six figures. I'll get you a job at New Focus if you've got that kind of gut instincts. I don't think you do. New York City is going to hit 97 degrees as heat warnings are being posted. Let's see if anyone's tweeted me today. Somehow I get the feeling this is going to be anticlimactic. You can tweet Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Nope, no tweets, but two people did follow me. Um, I posted a video on YouTube under Rob Black Show called Does Apple Have Upside After 1,000? And I thought it was a pretty interesting argument that's being made at this point in time. 
Again, not telling you to do it, telling you that you know this is something that you want to look into, see if it's appropriate for you. The valuations on Apple are cheaper than the overall stock market. So, and what Microsoft introduced doesn't exactly look scary to Apple, I don't think. Um, now, again, they're going to they're going to grow some market share, no doubt. If you want to learn more about my thought processes, my ideas, Money 101, all things financial, I'll teach everything from banking to insurance to uh, what type to get, what type not to get, what type of product you should stay away from on Wall Street. I'm going to share with you three hours of knowledge and content Saturday morning from 9 to noon in uh, Dublin, California. Uh, at some point in time when someone from Seattle emails me and I see that there's an audience there, I'll, I'll make an appointment to come up to Seattle. Uh, but for now, I, I circle around the Bay Area. Uh, there's more information about this event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I charge five bucks. It all goes to charity. It's a good way to keep kind of the crazy riffraff people out, which California's got plenty of. Wealth preservation, retirement planning later in the afternoon. That's for people who are wealthy. You can get more information at robblack.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing and much, much more. I'm always interested in what you want to know, so we've got to make this show more two-way. It has to become more of a two-way conversation. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and or tweet me at robblackshow. That way we could start um, you know, figuring out what people want to talk about so we can you know, start building up a better show, so to speak. So this is a, a situation where we're just really waiting for the Fed. And that's kind of boring, I know. We could talk about great buying opportunities. There's all sorts of things. We could talk about Kristen Stewart, Tops and Forbes, actress list. She gets paid uh, a lot of money. I guess she's worth it. I've never seen a movie with her in it. So it tells you how few movies I see. But Kristen Stewart makes... $34.5 million last year. So in large part, thanks to Snow White and Huntsman, as well as some of the Twilight movies. Commanding big dollars, Cameron Diaz at $34 million. I can't say Cameron Diaz is worth it, right? Can you name me three Cameron Diaz films? Sandra Bullock, $25 million. Angelina Jolie, $20 million. Charlize Theron, $18 million. Julie Roberts, $18 million. Sarah Jessica Parker, $15 million. Sarah Jessica Parker. That's un. How is how? What deal did she make with the devil? I want to know, because uh, that one I don't get. She's just that horsey face. The Dow's down six. The S P five hundred down two. The Nasdaq up fractions. Is that? Did I not tell you we're going to trade in a boring manner today? This is not going to be an exciting market till we get the Fed Open Market Committee uh, announcement. We'll probably run one direction then turn the other. So commodities are experiencing some weakness. Selling in space has pushed the CRB index down 1%. Commodities are telling us that they see weaker demand growth from the world. And I think that's fair to say because we've seen companies like Bloomberg say that recently. Not Bloomberg, FedEx say that recently. Stocks are swinging in between gains and losses this morning. Uh, Adobe, one of the world's largest makers of graphic design software, down about 4%. Procter & Gamble, down about 3.5%. They both cut their earnings expectations. People are looking for some comfort from the Fed right now. Just adding to the operation twist might not be enough to make us happy. Greek political leaders struck an agreement on a governing coalition that's going to seek relief from austerity measures tied to emergency loans. Walgreen, down 4%. The big U.S. drug Store chain was downgraded to neutral from outperform in large part as they continue to build their business internationally. Some people don't like that. 
or maybe it creates a short-term risk. Cisco's up 1.8%, biggest maker of computer network equipment. BMO Capital raised it to an outperform. Tesla Motors up 5.5%. They're beginning to do deliveries of Model S sedans, and Goldman Sachs raised the price target on that company. To me, what it comes down to is I am excited to see Tesla cars, but I'm not going to buy one. In large part, I'm not going to buy the stock. I'm not going to buy the car. I don't do things like uh, that. I'm not a ego-driven, testosterone-driven type of man. Um, I'm just not. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but uh, it's a, still, from an investor standpoint, it's a, a manufacturing company to me. I don't get the love affair of paying too much money for a vehicle. I guess if that's what you want to do. So gasoline prices have dropped for 10 straight weeks. A couple tips that I want to throw out this segment. If you want to achieve you know, really wealth, quit buying stocks and, and think about assets. You don't want to pick winners. It doesn't matter what you buy or when you buy. It counts on how you allocate money in different asset classes. Never, ever send in an extra mortgage payment because it will automatically lose money for you. 2 to 4% as the dollar weakens due to inflation every year, which is historically the norm. Never choose an investment because it's made a lot of money. That means you're an amateur. Never buy a stock in the first hour of the day. Again, it means that you're an amateur. I like real estate. I like stocks and I like bonds. I don't choose a favorite. I don't have a Sophie's Choice. Okay, if I had a Sophie's Choice... I choose international investing, international stocks. I like dollar cost averaging. I like maxing out my 401k, my 403b, my 457 every, every, hey, I sound like a squirrel. I like maxing out my 401k, 403b, 457 every two weeks. A 30-year mortgage is better than a 15-year mortgage. You get lower monthly payments. You get a higher tax deduction. Lower cost helps boost your monthly investing, leading to greater wealth. You've got to understand the concept of earning money versus saving interest. Never buy a home for less than five years. Never buy a home that you can't afford to pay the mortgage on. Because surely at some point in time, please don't call me Shirley, but surely at some point in time, you may lose a job and not be able to afford it, and or you may lose a tenant. The water heater may break down in your house and that house, and suddenly you're out of emergency funds. Always pay yourself first when you're looking at your budget. Speaking of budgets, start a budget at mint.com. Never go in this low interest rate environment. Don't go with annuities. Now, some financial planners will disagree with me. If you're going to go with annuity, go with a company like an Emeritus, a low-cost provider of annuities. Never name your minor children as heirs. Minors can't own assets. Have their inheritance placed in a trust until they're old enough to mature handle, maturely handle money. I'm thankful I didn't get a large sum of money when I turned 18 because I would have gone to France. I would have wooed the women, drank the wine, and I probably would never have come back to college. So if you're going to do a trust, maybe consider... You put some terms in it, like you have to graduate college, you have to get a degree, you have to have a job. You're going to get some of it when you turn 18, you're going to get more of it when you turn 25, you're going to get all of it when you turn 30. Something like that. Put, put some terms in it. If you go to, if you get a DUI or you get, you know, uh, some sort of hideous, like, drug alcohol problem, you're taken off the trust or you know, you're excluded from, you know, it suddenly becomes a longer-term trust. Never use a bi-weekly mortgage. Bad ideas. Grandparents need to talk to parents before giving money to kids. I think uh, what our grandparents do are typically good intentions, but they can hurt people more than they think they can. Never buy a mutual fund because it's rated five stars. There's no six-star fund, so it can't get better. It can only get worse. Pensions aren't going to be what we think they are. Social Security is not going to be what we think they are. So you're going to probably be working a lot longer in your life than you expect to. 
if an insurance agent convinces you to invest in life insurance because there's a, a stock market return tied towards it, say, well, I'm just going to go with um, index funds and I'll buy my insurance as a term life. Term's the best type of life insurance to get. Change your passwords every three months. You don't want to deal with a hassle of having your identity stolen. I say never buy investment real estate with borrowed funds. In large part, I don't mind if, if it's your own leverage if you feel if you really feel comfortable with with the first payment. But I see too many real estate deals go bad. A friend of mine, her father, you know, he, he didn't save enough money. So when he saw the real estate boom and he took money out of his house, bought a property, boomed another year, took money out of that property, bought another property, took boomed another year, took money out of that property, bought another property. And basically, he lost them all to foreclosure. Every single one, including his own home. Uh, municipal bonds, they're not for everyone. They pay lower rates of interest than taxable bonds. If you reinvest the muni's lower rate, you'll end up with less money than if you invested in a taxable account. But if you need safety, I like municipal bonds. I prefer individual bonds versus bond funds unless you have a manager actively managing your bond funds. I say take Social Security as soon as you can, unless you're in incredibly good health. And the longer you delay, the more you get. Take the money and run. You may die. You may kick over. Get a pension. Lump sum option, if it's offered, absolutely. Your employer might become unable to pay your pension and by taking a lump sum, you control your own money and your own future. When leasing a car, never pay cap cost reduction. Always obtain gap insurance. The only mistakes I've made with cars is not getting that gap insurance. Never make a down payment on a car you don't own. And always get the gap insurance in large part to make up the difference between what the car is worth and what the dealer says it's worth. So, got a seminar coming up this weekend in Dublin, California. As soon as I get my first email from Seattle saying that they're alive and well, I'll start planning a seminar for a few months off. You can email me, rob at robblack.com. Seminar coming up in Dublin, California in the afternoon. It's going to be Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. CFP Chad Bertram runs that. And basically, it's, you know, as you're getting close to retirement, you can't afford to make mistakes. Of course, he advertises new focus a little bit. In the morning, it's Money 101, All Things Financial, where we go over everything that we can go over. I just went over a lot of the basic ideas, but there's so many of them that you have to know. Dow's down six, the S P five hundred down one, the Nasdaq up one. We're waiting on the Fed. You can find out more about these events at robblack.com or Facebook group page, I hate Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.